I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 12, another great episode of A Gay and His NB coming your way. Thank you all for joining and listening to us wherever you do on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places. So excited to be with you for another week where we get to talk about all the things in television this week. What do we have on tap today, babe? Um, well, in a little while, we'll get into episode three of season 44 of Survivor. Um, that was a pretty great episode, I thought. Um, more shenanigans from uh, the castaways there. We do love some shenanigans. <laughs> we love our shenanigans. Um, and uh, definitely uh, some pretty men to talk about over there. Um, but I feel like at this point we're just like uh, viewers can read into a lot by like how many episodes we've been like God that guy was hot like just like it happens. I I mean, did they not read the name of the show? The name of the show is a gay and his envy. If you didn't think we we're going to thirst over, we weren't going to thirst over some people. I mean, come on now. I mean, I, uh, but talking about pretty men, we'll we'll start as we always do. With RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, that, I was like, where are you going with that? Oh, no, I see where you're going with that. That's Okay. Well, some pretty men and some pretty women, because we do have Sasha Colby over there as well. Very nice. Yes. Um, so we come into the workroom after Malaysia went home uh, last week. Uh, Selena is, you know, she, this is her fourth lip sync in the bottom. So she kind of has to sort of psych herself back uh, into this. Uh, she, she says in her confession, oh, no more Mrs. Nice as titties, which I think is. <laughs> I cackled. I, yeah, I want that. On, like, that's one of the ones where it's like, put that on a t-shirt. Like everyone's trying for their catchphrases. That's a. That is a good one. Um, and then we saw a little bit of Lux and Lucy, like start to get into it when they would come back from the challenge. Uh, but then it gets even bigger the next day when they come back into the workroom. I love Lux grabbing one of the wigs from Mistress's uh, Kelly and Michelle uh, dolls and just wearing it the whole time during this fight. This little like sort of like sleek little bob like fringe uh, <laughs> moment. It was uh, it was a choice. But Lux and Lucy kind of getting into it. And Lux calling her out for her Beyonce look of being like, "Why didn't you have a baby bump?" Which we said last week, like. And all the memes, the entire world was making fun of her ass for that. Yeah, it's like she, like Lucy trying to be like, well, I mean, she wasn't really showing. It's like she had a bump. There was definitely a bump. It didn't have to be a big bump, but she had a bump. And like, yeah, Lux was holding her own in a way that was really fun. It was getting Lucy to kind of spiral a little bit. Um, And oh, and then we get... So the 90-minute episodes are back. We should also say that. This is Yay. our first 90-minute episode of the season, um, which I didn't, like, looking back on the episodes, like, I was like, okay, like, I, I think I got so used to the 60-minute episodes where I was like, my brain was conditioning to, like, see, like, okay, this is fine. Like, this is how Drag Race can be. But once you get a 90-minute episode, you realize, oh, we missed so much. Like, they got to actually, like, we got judge deliberations this week. We got like a confessional about how people were feeling that lasted more than five seconds. Like it was like, uh, like it makes me feel bad. Cause it's like, did we miss all the development of these characters? Like, yeah, probably. Well, and at this point we only have what? Seven Queens left. Yeah. Like waiting until we have seven Queens left to give us 90 minutes makes it feel a little bit sparse. But if we had had this from day one, and I think with, like, the front runners and the people who, like, you know, are we think are, have a really good shot at making it to the finale, I still think I, we knew them a good bit. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of all the other people, like yeah. the Jaxes and the even like the Oramearis and stuff like that. Like, did they get like actual developed stories? Yeah. Would people have been as irritated with Amethyst if we got a full view of who she is? Yeah. I don't think so. No. But we got a we like the other thing that we're getting now. We have 90 minute episodes. We get a room mail, like like for the first time. Yeah. It's just like those little things. It's like this is you know this they, is they cut out all the iconic shit. Well, it that, was just irritating. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. MTV put them in a really bad spot. Um, but we go to a mini challenge, which this was a really fun mini challenge. They do a Harlem Vogue ball, like, mini challenge, which I, I think is a good, like, it's a good way to do, like, the, like, sort of, like, something that's a little fun and carefree, which the mini challenges typically are. They're not really that serious at the end of the day. But like something that still takes from drag and mm-hmm. and Quaquilabasia. Oh uh, well, we won't get into <laughs> the whole. We won't get into the whole uh, that drama. I just think like I I can I can understand like certain elements of like quote unquote appropriation. I don't even know if appropriation is the right term necessarily, but like I I also think it's hard to make the argument that like drag race doesn't give appreciation to the old school eras of ballroom of those elements. Could they do more? Absolutely. But like, but then also shit on Queens that do well, yes. who bring that on the show and actually like, I just also think like uh, no disrespect to Aja. Like we also watched legendary like, and, and also what they did, what HBO Max did to Legendary is disgraceful, by the way. Like, well, but it's not even just Aja. Laomi's been pretty vocal about it, too. Right. But the reason I bring up Aja is, like, Aja got critiqued. If I remember her season on on Legendary, like, she got, her and her uh, um, house got critiqued a lot. Like, they didn't do great on Legendary mm-hmm. in terms of, like, b- Doing the best in terms like, of... Like, let's not act like she's an expert. And that's not to say that Aja's not talented. She is. But, like, I'm, you know, I just think it's... I just don't... And for a... And, like, come for me if you want to, but for a freaking quote-unquote icon, Naomi's still pretty fucking young. Sure. So, like, to act like you were around in the birth of uh, Ballroom and, like, you are the end-all, be-all authority of what is allowed and what is not when it comes to voguing, fuck off. You were a judge on a TV show. You're popular in the scene. That's it. I also, I think it's maybe. And you were never vocal when your show was still on the air. Sure. But I think, I I also just don't get the specific attacks on Anitra. Like, I feel like there is a lot of noging on Drag Race. Don't get me wrong. There is a lot of girls who, like, do duck walks that should not be doing duck walks and don't know how to actually, like, and to me, that. I just, that is more of the crime, and that is one thing where I can understand if you're somebody in this, you know, entrenched in that world, uh, under, getting sort of annoyed by that. I just don't understand when you take it out on Anitra, who seemingly does it better than anyone who has been on Drag Race, in also, my view. if you had a problem with it, then maybe, you know, you should give a call to World of Wonder and go, hey, maybe I could come on and do an episode where I work with queens and we sure. actually like do some real education on voguing in the history of ballroom and let's make this a thing let's make ballroom have a even larger platform than it got from legendary 
because Drag Race has a larger platform than Legendary did. So, like, let's actually do some work in, you know, raising the profile of ballroom culture. Sure. Let's actually give a shit about education instead of just shitting on people that you don't like. I feel like, I mean, it's it sucks with, like... Gay, gay culture, I guess, in general, which you see it a lot where there's the, like, because Drag Race has become so nationalized, and that's not to say that Drag Race and RuPaul don't have, have, haven't made plenty of fucking mistakes in terms of the community. Right. But, like, I think you see it not just with, like, the ball, people in the ballroom scene, but even other forms of drag and other, like, mm-hmm. elements of the community where it's just like, well, we're not Drag Race. We're, like, and I, I think to what you're saying, like, it might be better to just, like, all put our egos aside for a second and like collaborate and like actually like, you know, especially in the time we're living in right now, we won't get into it, but it's like, you know, it, it, that can be frustrating in a way, but I was going back to this mini challenge. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, so I mean, it, it's kind of, it was kind of everyone. And then Sasha and Anitra. Yeah. Like Sasha was like, you know, she is something else in terms of performance and stuff like that. Like she, like, everything she does is just so like captivating and and then anitra as well like i mean obviously the duck walks and the death drops and or excuse me the dips because hers are more dips like in terms of like well, I mean, what we consider a death drop versus a dip I death drop is not a real thing sure it was invented i mean that's a that, i this is where i'm saying like i can see why people in that community get offended where it's like you take a term and then like change well, it they, but yeah so basically what happened is somebody saw it and said "Ooh, that's cool i'll figure out how to do it and i'll give it a name as opposed to going hey what name does this already have right and where does it come from right um so we uh anitra wins the mini challenge uh congratulations to her she did great um and then we get them uh, basically being told what the um maxi challenge is which is we basically get I mean, it's a stand-up challenge, I guess, but it's in, you know, everyone except for uh, eventually Marsha is in groups, um, and it's the Bubbly Comedy Festival, sponsored by Bubbly. We're not sponsored by Bubbly. They're sponsored by Bubbly, in case there was a confusion. Although, if you want to call us Bubbly. Eh, there we go. Um, <laughs> but no, so basically, they have to pick, and it was just like, they have to pick out of this, like, ice chest, these, like, bubbly cans, and then if you have the matching color, then you're in a team mm-hmm. with that person. I feel like that was... The editing on that was... They were clearly just... Ha- they had, like, a PA under the table, right? Just, like, feeding them the cans. I, like I guess. It, I don't know. They really did... Like, they were very good at, like, not showing, like, a e- lot. Either that or they just had... Everybody had different ice boxes. Yeah, because it seemed <laughs> a little too... Perfect. Here's Anitra's ice box. Yes. <laughs> like, well, it's like how we, it's the fucking, it's when Naomi Smalls, I think it was, like basically revealed how the the boxes with the lip sync songs in it mm-hmm. for the thing are bullshit. Yeah. Pulling back the curtain. Um, but Selena is, gets the solo can, but then she gets to basically choose whether or not she wants to go solo or steal one of someone else's partners. Uh, to do a group, and she decides to take Mistress away from Marsha, leaving Marsha to do it by herself. And Marsha is obviously freaking out about this. Like she, she in, when they're doing the like planning out and like writing down jokes and stuff like that, Marsha's just like talking to herself, like going over everything. And it's like you could tell she was spiraling a little bit, mm-hmm. particularly in the fact that you know she had said in post interviews that like you know this was the one challenge she didn't want to do, and like she didn't have any wins at that point. So it's like. You know, I can see how it could be really stressful 
in terms of that. Um, and then uh, Sasha and Anitra are working on theirs, and and Anitra um, is basically. I mean, she's we find out it's a specifically an ocular migraine, but she's having some sort of migraine. I was looking at you this whole time because I was like. Uh, for those who don't know, I suffer from chronic migraines. I was so like, this is something that so Merlin I Merlin am, felt seen in this moment. Oh, definitely felt seen. It was yeah. It's it sucks. Like there's, and I mean like it, there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, and like what I what I enjoyed about this is that nobody acted like she was putting anything on. Nobody acted yeah. like she was over dramatizing anything. Everybody was just like, wow. This sucks. This person is going through something that I cannot possibly understand. And all I'm going to do is give them as much grace as I possibly can. Yeah. And even because even Sasha was like, I mean, she was like, I'm worried how this could affect me. Yeah. But like, it's not not like blaming her for it at the end of the day, which like that's that's the main thing. Um, We go to the rehearsal with Michelle and Ali Wong, the guest judge. I love Ali Wong. Ali Wong's great. She she was a good. She actually was a really good guest judge. Particularly, I mean, she did good in the rehearsal part. Like in terms of like right specific critiques and that. I always get annoyed with the comedy critiques. Typically, one because Michelle's usually doing it, and I've talked before that I don't really like Michelle's advice. At least in terms of this, like the like rehearsal portions of like challenges and stuff like that. I don't like it when she does the acting challenge ones. Like I just don't think she gives. Yeah. The best advice. And like I also think like they laugh at the easiest shit. And like they're ba- like I think that's my frustration with drag race a lot is just like nobody's praised for going a little more smarter with their humor. Mm-hmm. Like that like Mistress made that whole like what was she said like we were listening to Geronimo by RuPaul and they just started laughing. It's like why? Because you said RuPaul's name? Like it's like if you if you reference us at all, then we're going to laugh. But like, yeah, it just felt. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but like Anitra obviously is struggling because she didn't really have time to prepare anything. So right. she's kind of like going in blind. Um, so <laughs> we, with it being an ocular, migraine, I didn't mean it like great. that. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, I can see. I cancel can, me. <laughs> I could laugh because I have migraines. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Um, but and and Selena is like getting critiqued for like being a little long-winded in terms mm-hmm. of getting to the joke and sort of like, which funny that it kind of was the reverse uh, in the challenge. We'll get there. Um, we go back into the workroom the next day and they're getting ready. Um, Mistress kind of talks about her backstory and how like she has like you know sort of doesn't really speak to her mother and like that that terrible thing about like sort of like getting you know being in that sort of distant relationship and then she talked about how she broke her ankle at a show or whatever that she was doing and like her mom obviously came because she needed like i think like documents or something like some you know as a mother would do and immediately as she came in and mistress is still in drag in in the hospital room and it's just like why are you wearing that it's like that's just so like fucking frustrating yeah i feel like this is a you know we see a lot of like, I, and there were some good stories this season about like you know parents who are supportive and stuff like that. But I also think it's important to like showcase that like it 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 sucks that people are fucked up and not like able to see force through the trees sometimes of like well, of that shit. And, and it's I like, think I think it was important before, like in older um, 
uh, earlier seasons of Drag Race to highlight more positive stories because yeah. so many of the people that were watching it um, didn't have that experience. And so we we needed to see that there was light, that there right. was hope, that there were other places that were accepting even if where you were was not. Now, I think, and I mean, sure, what's going on legally and overall, like, um, in the, the U.S. when it comes to drag and trans rights and things like that uh, is awful. But I think on an interpersonal level, things have gotten a lot better for queer people. Sure. And I think that queer kids are coming up in more likely, especially than used to be, more likely that their parents are going to be accepting, especially the- because millennials are by and large the parents that are bringing up today's generation of the cha- kids. The chance that you have to be a more accepting family Correct. is greater. So I think it's important that we highlight the the negative stories to remind the current generation of queer kids that are coming up that we have made some huge strides even since this show began. A hundred percent. And we, we still have a lot to do, but we have come a long way. Yeah. And I also think with like mistress's story and, and also with like Anitra's couple episodes ago, I, I also like that. Like, Cause I, the whole, there was a running joke for seasons about like, you know, hear about your family trauma on drag race. And then, you know, Rue will bring your parents to the uh, finale. And then you'll have this moment where like, you know, you come together or whatever you'll, or you'll be in untucked and the video pops on the screen and it's the, but I like that both mistress and Anitra are also in really good places. It seems. Yeah. And I love that they can also promote the message of while this may suck that I don't have this, I'm fine. Right. And you don't need, like, it's not you. We talk about chosen family. That's one element of it, but just also your personal, self-esteem and who and how you find yourself as a person i like that you're also i like that there's also you know it gets better is one thing but it's also another important thing to tell people like if there if something is really toxic you don't have to stay in it right just out of this idea that you need to have this in your life right i think it it's important to know you know it gets better if you make it better yeah it gets better if you put in the work to get out of that situation and you surround yourself with people who love and accept you for who you are. Right. And if that means that you have to find the five people in your city that support you, then that's fine. If that means you have to move across the country like we did to find a community where we feel safe to walk down the street and live in our truth, then that's what you have to do. And that's hard to do. It is extremely difficult and expensive to do something like that. Oh Lord. And sometimes it takes time when you're at a really young age, it takes time as well because you don't have, right. You don't have the the freedom to make the money to make the moves. Yeah. So it, it takes a while, but it can get better if you are dedicated to making it better. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that that story is being told. Yes. Um, We go to the runway. Um, and uh, get into the challenge for this week. Um, you so 
We start with Marsha's. You so you had a friend of yours that was actually in the audience. Yes. Yes. So I have. Well, I won't say friend. We're friendly acquaintances. Like we went to college together, um, and we've kept in touch on Facebook, but not anything like super. And I was just looking on his Facebook to make sure that his posts were public, so that if you know, like you can't get mad. Yeah. Because you, it's public. Anybody can go see this on your page. So I'm not going to name him, though, because I think that's a little rude. Um, but anyway, he was in the audience for this challenge. Um, they definitely liked using his reactions, but they used them for the wrong queens. Oh, yeah. So Marsha's was a lot funnier than what they, which we clocked while I, watching the show because the audience was laughing, but they weren't giving judges laughing at all. I literally was like, I think they're giving her a bad edit. And it wasn't the most, like... High energy number, as other girls uh, later in the, in the uh, episode were a little more higher up in sort of energy. But as far as an opener, I don't know if you necessarily need that. And I also think her st- she went with the smarter jokes yeah, that weren't just dick jokes and like the sort of like low hanging fruit. But you know that that's not what they what judges like on this show. They like pee pee poo poo unless it's pee pee poo poo and then they shit on you. Uh, like they did on Rock'em Sakura. They Justice for Rock'em. They pee-pee poo-poo on you. <laughs> it was right there. I had to take it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But no, like, it's like... So Marsha's was a lot funnier than apparently what they showed on the show. Um, also, Mistress took about three times as long yeah. as Selena to get to her half of their bit. Um, and they actually cut quite a bit from hers and she even had to cut some from her story and just jump to the end of it yeah which is why her halves felt so disjointed and why i'm so frustrated that she wasn't the one lip syncing well we'll and we'll also get to the runway looks too because you might be damned when you when you bomb that much on the main stage you got to be at the bottom yeah it didn't seem great like in terms of even what came out in the edit like i thought that she yeah she it was interesting that she basically, like, everything that Selena was doing in the rehearsal that was bad, she ended up doing in the end product, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Selena did a great job. I actually think with a maybe stronger runway, like, Selena could have won this episode. Agreed. I thought this was one of her better, like, in-challenge performances. But even then, I thought that her, like, th- this is one of the benefits of getting the longer episodes, too. And I guess we'll talk about it when we get past the, well, we don't really usually pick apart the runway. But... One of the things I like about it is we're getting all the voiceovers back. Sure. And that adds context to the look, which I think is important. And I think that with that context, you know, Selena's look is moving. Was it as visually beautiful as some of the other looks? No. But I think that telling a story like that with a good look, it wasn't a great look, but it was good. and. So telling a moving story like that with a look that is also good, you and then also performing that much better than your partner on the like she should have been in the top contenders yeah. for this episode. And, and that's she, like And I think she was, and I think and never I think well we'll get to it, but like so also Lux and Lucy did really well right. as a as a unit too. Yes. Like they really played off of each other really well. The, the the sort of like the jokes about Lucy's white teeth I thought were really funny and like they had they had a really good dynamic and good structure and obviously the whole like 
oh, they were fighting in the workroom earlier in the day, and now they're able to work together. But it's like they know what they're doing. Like they're professionals, and yeah. it's not like I don't think it was that major of a like issue to where they had to like you know right put anything too big aside. Um, but they do really well, and then we get to Sasha and Anitra. Can I just say? Before we get to the actual comedy of their uh, performance, Sasha's look in this challenge, the the challenge look was so fucking good. This like bouffant, like it was giving very um absolutely fabulous. What's her name? Uh, what's her name? She was a guest judge uh, on um. I love her, but I I'm literally blanking. Oh my god, like but you, you you everyone knows who I'm talking about. Like it's like it was giving that sort of like. Not regalness, but sort of like high class with a little edge, like vibe. Like it was so well done in terms of like the actual. I mean, Sasha always looks stunning at the end of the day. So it's like, you know, what more can you do? Joanna Lovely. There we go. They, I know her name. It's like Ab Fab was one of my favorite shows, but it's just like I have, I have brain fog and I have all this stuff going on. But it's fine. Um, but to the comedy, yeah, this wasn't the greatest. Sasha kind of did a little bit better towards the end of the mm-hmm. of, of the set, but like, yeah, it's just like they were very disjointed and like, like even with like Selena and Mistresses when Mistress wasn't doing as well, at least they had like a idea and a structure and sort of like a the whole joke is that we both fuck the same guy and like yeah. you know et cetera. This it felt like they had three different ideas, like they were yeah. going like a like they were talking about weed at one point and then like. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it would if they kind of narrowed it down a little bit more. I think well, it would have been better. And it also kind of echoed the um, performance in Daytona Wind from Jax that was particularly bad. With yeah, the, with the well, I was just playing it under because they were supposed to be high, and it was like the whole this is stand up comedy. You can't do it that way. Yeah, like you can't play it under if you're gonna be like not like you have to if you're gonna do the i'm a forgetful stoner that doesn't translate well to comedy unless you go really really you have to ham it up caricature way yeah like and i think and they talk about it on the runway like anitra has such like confidence in every other element and it's just like it doesn't feel like in this element she really translated for her and it's like she's funny in her confessionals yeah like it sucks that somebody who can be very funny in like normal spaces can't put that on in a comedy I mean realm. I feel like I'm that way I can do scripted stuff and I can do my sure. like I, I feel like I'm a funny person just in general but um, if I were to try to write a stand up no absolutely not I'm not a comedian yeah like there, it's a very different skill set and you'll also find that people that are stand up comedians sometimes are not super funny in person oh true so I mean, it's a just it's a different thing. It's a completely different thing, and just because they're both funny doesn't mean that they're related. Yeah. Um. So we go to the runway, and it is the category is rip her to shreds, shredded looks. Um. What did we think overall? Were sort of the standouts to me. I thought what Sasha. Oh duh. well, yeah, Sasha. I mean, Going with this like denim, she said like Britney Justin era like VMA mm-hmm. look like take on it. Um, was really I think she did the most like with the actual shredding of mm-hmm. like you know and ha- and showing a lot of skin as mm-hmm. well with that I think was really smart. I also really love what Lux did. Call it pandering, you know, but good on her for pandering. But again, here she comes with the references that yeah. are on point and like so she's doing basically she's doing like a tribute look to RuPaul um, when in in the eighties her like sort of punk band called Wee Wee Pole. 
um, and this like really like white uh, like shreddy jacket sort it of thing. Almost ha- like the shoulder pads almost gave me football player a yeah. little bit. Like it was it was really a really cool look. It, it was like quasi athletic looking, but also well. And I love that she changed queer, she changed like, up the silhouette slightly by mm-hmm. making it sort of like a leotardish kind of like vibe. Right. And like, but the makeup was like really graphic and great, and like the hair, like she, like you said, she knows her references. She knows how to. It would someone could have done that, and it would have just been pandering, and it would have just been you know that sort if, of baseline. If she gets to the finale, and they don't actively talk about how much she like, she's only in her, knows early, her history. She's only in her early twenties, and she's still like you know, like she's a rolodex of drag history, and. It's it's beautiful to see. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but it's 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 really nice to see that a younger generation is putting the time and effort in to learn the history of the culture. Yeah, I agree. Um, we talked a little bit about Selena's already, um, which I really liked. I really appreciated she, it. She does it basically as a tribute to her mother, who was an immigrant, and sort of her journey coming across the border. And the struggle of that, gen- which I feel like we don't talk enough about that struggle on I television. I wish there had been more color in this look. Yeah. Um, because. Or I mean, more clearly defined. Like, I mean, maybe it's stereotypical, but when I think of like fabrics that come from Mexico, I think like your bright blues and your bright like pinks and stuff. Yeah. So I was hoping to see more of that. Southwest color palette, uh, like turquoise and things like that. Um, and I just didn't, that wasn't what she went for. She went for, you know, mixed neutrals. Right. Um, which I guess I can understand if you're coming across like in a more desert environment, um, more of an arid environment. Like I could get that because that's more camouflagey. Like you're you're kind of harder to spot, and that might have been the story she was trying to tell. Um, but I didn't. I didn't it piece that together until just now. It, so. it wasn't for her, like conf- like you saying the voiceover on the runway. It may not have translated in the same way because the judges don't really talk about it that much, which I can understand. Also, being frustrated when you have such a message behind this to not like yeah get that moment, but like you know, and then we go. So Marsha's look. And Marsha was in a tough place because Lucy had already did like the the uh, beauty pageant look a couple I, episodes ago. But I love how the judges. Okay, so um, it's like a torn up prom dress. Who cares? But like, <laughs> it's not great. It, I mean, it's not great. But she had other elements to this look that I thought elevated it sure. above the shredded prom dress. Look. I like the makeup. Like the makeup was dynamic. Her hair was all fucked up she had like clumps of hair in her hand like she had been fighting with someone i wish there had maybe been like you know she's done the broken nose a couple times give us a bloody something give us like more graphic like i literally like had to fight tooth and nail and i got hurt well and also like i i I normally hate it when the judges do like, well, you should have like in that moment when you saw that Lucy had that, you should have come up with something else. Normally I hate that, but I think with this particular category, you actually could like, honestly, you could take any of your looks and just take a pair of scissors to them and it would work. But you also don't know what 
you don't know what challenges are coming and you don't know until after the show what challenges were admitted. Sure. So you don't know if you're tearing up a look for the runway for next week. And also that shit's expensive. At the end right. And that shit's expensive. So I appreciated the storytelling that she did in her look, but I also hated what Mistress did. We disagree. And we, we vehemently disagree well, on this. Let me say this. I, it didn't work for the category. I, it wasn't shredded. It was burnt. Right. That's a different thing. Like it's not the, but you had more issues in terms of concept. My and, issue is when you put the two looks side by side, take away the shreddedness, right? Take away all the, all the distressing. Obviously mistress's look is better. From a base, it started at a better look. The silhouette the, was the better. The silhouette was better. The dress itself is just better constructed. All of that. It's less basic. Had that really nice detailing on the neckline. But all that happened from super basic to what we ended up with on the runway for Mistress was a few burn holes. Sure. Her makeup did not change. Her hair was perfect. Her gloves were perfect. Her uh, jewelry was perfect. There was no story. All we got were burn marks. And that, to me, was lazy as fuck. For someone who is, has shown to be not lazy at all in terms of this, conversa- or this competition and who has worked her ass off to do well in every fucking challenge, to walk out on stage looking like that, I felt, was a disservice to herself. Sure. When you look at that next to Marsha, Marsha did so much more to elevate that look from a not-so-great dress to an entire story to tell us a story on the runway. What I would argue, though, in return is that I think... Here's my, I think it's a tired story on Drag Race. Like, even when, when Lucy came out with it a couple episodes ago, it's like, I've seen this story before on Drag Race. Like, the whole, right. like, it's like the, the, the runner up prom queen, you know, whatever thing. Like, it's, it's been done to death, uh, you know, to a certain extent. Now, you could argue Marilyn Monroe or, or whatever that Mistress was going for has also been done to death, and that pr- probably be but true. But I didn't even get Marilyn from that. Like, really? it didn't scream Marilyn to me. Marilyn didn't wear, like, that that sort of a neckline. She didn't wear... Sure. Like, but she didn't wear that big of a of a skirt. Her, her dresses were A-line. They weren't... They no, didn't I, have, I, I'm like, not saying it was a perfect Marilyn. I'm so saying more to with me, the... it didn't give that same feel as Marilyn. It gave va 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 voom, which Marilyn always was a quiet sexiness. Sure. To me, Marilyn was effortlessly sexy. This looked like effort and not good effort to me. Okay. Um, So uh, Lucy and Lux end up both winning the challenge to get a double win. I agree. I think, you know, I, I actually, I maybe would have given it to Lux solo but i i i don't mind them giving it a duo because they had such great chemistry like yeah now, if it wasn't going to be them two it was going to be selena right. i think at the end of the day um but they, that gives lucy her well gives lucy what her fourth win technically if we're counting the mini challenges <laughs> Te- his, it gives her her second win let's be real and it gives lux her second win as well so i would be shocked with sasha lucy and lux not making it to finale and yeah. then, and well, and Mistress is doing so. I mean, like, I hate to say, it, but I feel like Anitra needs a win 
badly in these next couple weeks. Like, yeah. I, I think she could get it. I and I really want to see her in that finale though, because I think like she deserves to be there. But bottom two for this week: Marsha, 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 and Anitra. Uh, they uh, have to lip sync to "Boss Bitch" by Doja Cat. Holy shit! This was the best lip sync of the season. It was so fucking good. It, I still think it about it really today. It was really good, but I don't think Anitra should have been in the bottom. I think it should have been Mistress. Oh, you don't think Anitra should have been in the bottom at all? No. I think she should have been the third, the third bottom, huh. but I don't think she should have been in the bottom two. Just because I think her look was so much better than Mistress's. I did love her look. And I think that when you are also combating a disability, <laughs> and that's being kind of held against you a little bit not directly but not directly but you're like holding a disabled person to the same standard as someone who is not disabled is ableist and that is violence against a dis- disabled person so like you can't expect a person in a wheelchair to climb a tree at the same ability as like a five-year-old with no physical disabilities like that's not fair so like to me Personally, I think it should have been Mistress, especially because they did so much work to edit Mistress's performance to being better than it well, was. There's and, that. And I know full well that that's fact. Sure. So Which um, I think also like I don't I I I could have seen Mistress lip sync again. I think they just wanted to see Anitra miss lip sync. Well, and thank God at the end of the day. Because yes, but I also think that they knew that if they put Mistress in the bottom, Marsha would have wiped the floor with her. Oh, you think so? I don't yeah. know. Be- in this song? Are you kidding me? Mm. I'm sorry. Marsha and Anitra gave us one of the best lip syncs in drag race history. Sure. And to swap out Anitra. For Mistress, Mistress would not have matched Anitra, and Marsha would have sent her home. So can we, let's get into the, because everyone is, like, immediately when this happened, like, everyone was like, this should have been a double Shantae. I agree. I agree and disagree. I, I, I could see it. Like, I can see, I can visualize it in my mind. I don't think it's definitive. Like, I don't think it's like, how dare they not? I think it's, they could have done it. This lip sync is going to live on. We literally are getting a second top five drag race lip syncs of all time in this season. Sure. So the fact that, and it was because both participants were at that level. Well, and I, So of course it should have been a double, double Shantae. Well, and we won't get into Untucked, but like in, in Untucked, Marsha kind of brings up like, I'm probably going against Anitra. I I have no wins in this competition. Also, Anitra's fucking amazing at lip syncing. I'm gonna give it my best. Like it, it wasn't Marsha wasn't quitting by any means, but she was like kind of resounded to what was against her. She realized that she had a challenge in front of her. And, but I think she I, I it made me happy that she performed as well as she did in the lip sync yeah. and and put the effort into it. I don't necessarily think it needed to be a double save, but I wouldn't have minded by any means because Marsha did put in a lot of effort and did a lot of great work. And the moment that obviously everyone was talking about was that back bend that Marsha does. And then Anitra immediately seeing in the moment and being like, fuck this and die forward rolling over Marsha. Like, which Marsha didn't even notice happened in the moment. <laughs> so she was saying at Roscoe's that like a producer afterwards came up and was like, oh my God, when she dived over you. And she was like, like she what? did what? <laughs> it was amazing. It was such a good, Anitra is such a great performer at the yeah. end of the day. Like, you know, and it's a, and that's a, that's a song that like, 
I've been wanting on Drag Race for a while, and it's a hard rap, but like they both did it pretty well, and like, you know, it's it's a really really. I'm shocked we haven't had more Doja Cat shit on for <laughs> lip syncs. Like honestly, Doja Cat shit. Not okay. <laughs> Sorry, it just it was right there, like you said earlier. We're just firing on all cylinders today. Um, but no, like she, like there's so much, there's so much in that catalog that needs to be performed, and I'm so glad that this got onto Drag Race. And like this lip sync, like you said, was top five, like top notch lip sync. Like you know, it, it was it was phenomenal stuff. But Anitra ends up winning. Um, Marsha going home, obviously very sad. You know, Marsha, I, I think is a really great, but also, you know, I I was listening to her, um, what you packing with Michelle. I mean, she's only been doing it at that point of filming for like a year. Like mm-hmm. she's very young in in the scene, so like I think she's got a ways to go. And I mean, and and she has all the talent for only a year in to where she's going to be even amazing, even yeah. more amazing three or four years down the line. What? do you think because this just occurred to me um because if if anitra gets to that final four oh it, it's it's gonna end up being her against sasha for the crown gotta be um what if that's not the story they wanted told and they knew that Marsha was the only one that had a chance uh, for sending her home and that's why they didn't put her against Mistress. And that's, they put Anitra down there. with Because if Anitra got so- sent home, great. They knew Marsha wasn't going to make it to the end anyway. And if Marsha went home, well, we were needing to get rid of her anyway. That's my thing. It's like in terms, if they're, if they're going to, it seems like they're doing a final four instead of a final five like last year, which I, final five was a little too much. Yeah. But like, f- like it, but I would hope that they're going to do it like they did last year where they give them their like, performance that they get to sort of create mm-hmm. and then the best two then lip sync. I, I, I thought that worked really well last year. I like doing the everybody does their own performance, but I also like having the bracket lip syncs. I think the, the problem that people have with the bracket lip syncs is that sometimes the best queen doesn't make it to the final two. Like in, in like we, the fact that, Love Peppermint, but that Peppermint who did not do well, like the best it of that It should have been Sasha versus Shay. Shay. Or like, Trinity. Or Trinity. But it, like, I love Peppermint, and she's done amazing work on Broadway since leaving the oh, show. Yeah. No, so, no like, disrespect, but like. But she should not have been in the final two. Or like, so it, like again, no disrespect to like Candy Muse, but like the fact that Simone and Candy was the final two, I think when you could have had Gottmik in there, when yeah. they were kind of the front runners. Like I feel like Willow and Camden last season made sense. Yes. Like in terms of those ha- of their trajectories, I feel like if we're talking about trajectories, although I would have been happy to see Bosco. Oh, I, yeah, sure. Um, or even Daya. I I also thought Daya should have made a. All four of those I, were amazing. I thought Daya should have made a really good rookie run, like towards the end, to like get into the finals. But that's just me. Um, but like I think if I'm projecting from like where everyone's path is right now, it would be Sasha and mistress in the final two in terms of camera time, in terms of like focus of story, in terms of performance on the show so far, if I'm thinking the best lip sync, it's going to be Sasha and Nitra. Right. Well, I think that they also have set that story up already. Right. Sure. So they, they lip synced against each other in the Lollapalooza, you know, not getting to lip sync against each other until the finale. And 
Possibly Do, having a Nitro win. Kind of doing like a repeat of uh, Brooklyn and Evie when right. they had such the amazing lip sync on the season and then they faced off in the in the rematch. Right. Like, that's like, you know, what you kind of... It's, it's like classic good, storytelling. It's good storytelling, but it also frustrates me when that happens because it feels so planned. Yeah. Or even I would love to see Lux in the final two with Sasha. Like, yeah. I think like... Having the generation element too would be like an interesting story to tell. I basically what we're saying is there's no wrong with Sasha's not in the final two. That's essentially right. what we're saying. But like, I think there's a couple ways they can go with it and and make it work. But I also think that with the popularity and the um, with the popularity of the lip syncs every every week and with how cultural those moments are. Why have they not started a show that is just lip sync brackets? And it's uh, like it's like a it's like competitions where you have like every season you have like I don't know like twenty queens and you do like have it be an internet show and you do these you know best two out of three lip syncs between these two people to move up in the rankings and then you get finally to the final. You yeah. know, two at the end of the season to like that sort like of they, thing would be amazing. And then it would also give us the ability to have real competition and not produced competition. Sure. And it would also give us because that's the one the thing ability where, to get some of these amazing queens back in front of us, like a um um uh Laganja. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those that because this is an audio medium, he literally just puts the like toke signal by his hand. I'm like, by what, his is mouth. Her, what is her name? I was like, the high one. You know what I mean? The one that smokes the weed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it would be give us the ability to see Laganja perform again, and we don't really get that opportunity with Drag Race because it was so toxic for her. But yeah. I think that environment would be healthy for her, actually. Sure. And it is, like you you were kind of saying, like it's the one environment where the producers can't really put their hands... Cause, and, and they've done it in the past where they kind of, like... You can, you can do it to a certain extent where you show one person more, but, like, you can't really... Like, like what happened with All-Star 7 with Monet and Jinx. Like, right. Like, there was no hiding the fact that Monet wiped the fucking floor with her. <laughs> like... Yeah, I just but Jinx deserved to win the season based on your performance this whole season. <laughs> like that, <laughs> right? I, for, I forgot the little audio. Uh, oh God, this show sometimes. But no, uh, um, all the love to Marsha. Great job this season. Uh, down to the final six, cutting down to the wire. We're gonna see how things shape up uh, in the coming weeks, and it should be really exciting to see. Um, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're getting into Survivor Forty Four, Episode Three. You're not gonna want to miss it. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, 
We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's dive into the cool, refreshing waters of Fiji and talk about Survivor Season 44. I love that intro. Um, This has been a good season. You mentioned it in the intro. Like, I, I think they, they have gotten a better formula. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not perfect, but it's like... It's it's better in terms of, like, focusing more on the interpersonal dynamics and the characters and, like... And I think the casting this season has been really good for the uh, most part. Yeah, very visually pleasing. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to that. Um, but Tika uh, returned to uh, their camp from Tribal after Helen went home uh, last episode. Uh, basically, Carson, like, flipped, obviously, and blindsided Helen. Um but basically didn't think he could trust her in a sense, which I guess I understand. Like I would think Yam Yam and Carolyn present a little more loyal at the end of the day, like as opposed to Helen, who you can tell is, I would say was probably the smartest person on the tribe at the end of the day. Um, but Sarah is kind of, you know, Sarah is, I think Sarah's Sarah, in her feelings about it. And I think appropriately, but she's not presenting it to the group, you know, in, you know, she's tell, in our, in her confessional is very much just like, yeah, I know I'm at the bottom. Like this is like, you know, I, I had no you know real connection to Helen necessarily, but like now I realize I'm kind of screwed at this point, so, but she's not presenting it to the group, which I think is a good idea or to Carson. Like Carson was basically like, I have to try to like sort of smooth things over with her and she's humoring him, even though she knows in her back of her mind, like, I can't trust this guy at the end of the day, which I think is the, you know, having sort of the maturity of that. Yeah. I think as much as Sarah wasn't really projecting that she was, you know, frustrated about it, everybody was almost acting as if she were, and they were still covering as if she had made a big deal about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you always got to cover your tracks. I, I get that at the end of the day. And Carolyn is feeling herself in her confessional about surviving this first uh, tribal um, what did she say? Like, and I pulled it off, and then she's like in two different shoes, <laughs> right? Like, I, apparently, she was wearing two different, two mismatching shoes at the time. Yeah, it, I people don't, have multiple pairs of shoes on Survivor. What do you have a wardrobe? Or she brought them thinking they were the same shoe, and then realized I don't. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. We'll have to see when we get one of her on the rocks, like in the sunlight confessionals. The mysteries of Carolyn. You know, you never know with her. That that could be an entire encyclopedia set. I'm sure. Yeah, Um, and 
this was the uh, this is like the survivor moments where it's just like the editing team is like really like just playing for laughs. They just like transfer over to the Raw Two tribe, and Kane is just singing "O Canada" for some reason. Yeah, that was that was odd. But then I was like, this slaps a lot more than the Star Spangled Banner. Like, kind of. Maybe oh, Canada, a cooler. It's a superior song. Like at the end of the day, it's also superior country. But well, we won't get into it. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> and then he's like, he's talking about how he's like was like was into D and D and was like a former dungeon master, and he's like playing with the the sword immunity idol uh, or. Uh, yeah, the immunity yeah. idol. Um, and like, but he's really bad at doing the whole like sort of like flipping the like it, it's it's funny. It's it's very nerdy and it it makes me like Kane is undercover attractive. Yes, very like he's he's nerdy attractive. And this like a lot of people, because I've been doing my research online this week, and apparently like the gay community has really like was thirsting after Carson coming into the show. Really? Which he's not my type. He's, he's the kind to me that like feels fake and maybe he's not, maybe that's just my interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. But when you have a nerd that's muscly, that to me feels fake because it feels like, like, I mean, that happens. This can't be real. But it's very rare. Yeah. It's very rare to have a super nerdy, super muscly person. Uh, the obvious exception being Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, call me. Um, but, hey. you know. Hey, look. I'm like, look. I'm right here. <laughs> look. I'm just saying. British and ner nerdy and sexy. Like, sorry. Sorry. Um, anyway. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> but Kane is kind of one of those guys that's like, um, he's got like this quiet confidence, which I always find more attractive than sure. like this, I'm better than you attitude, um, which Carson kind of has in spades. Um, and he's like nerdy and, and a lot of fun. And I don't know. I just, I feel like guys like Kane go very unappreciated in society and um i'm just saying that i think that's the superior type of human it doesn't help that i'm also that kind of person but you know whatever so maybe i'm a bit biased oh uh, well well are we all um but oh, oh and speaking of like the contrast of like that and like so brandon gets like his like story of like being this like renaissance man of like oh i did football but i'm also like doing all this other it's like i'm a musician and i do this i cook or it's like okay we get it you're perfect like <laughs> you have great teeth too like what like you like you couldn't have had one flaw it's just like you know it, it's hard doing so much it's like oh i'm sure um and then we go over to the soka tribe and matt and franny are continuing to bond and it's continuing to sort of like get not rub the tribe the wrong way but like giving putting eyes on them and like we have to sort of look out for them of like you know obviously they're a duo like i, we have I, to keep I that still in mind. spent this entire episode going but he has gay face i know it's, it's so, so confusing speaking of of who you said i think could be famous so we uh danny is basically like getting with the tribe and basically being like we got to look out for them but then he also so he found the obviously the key Mm -hmm. to the cage and stuff like that and he has the real idol and the fake idol 
Um, he did it appropriately. So, yeah, he literally does what Ben's basically supposed to do, minus the eating of the fake idol note, which I don't think is necessary. I thought it was a good idea because what are you going to do with it? Like, fire is like... Burn it. Great, but you you may not burn it all the way, and there may be remnants there in the fire. Like, what do you... like? Your stomach acid will take care of it. So, but it's also like thick. And nobody's digging it's not through like, your shit. It's not like one ply paper. It's like thick paper. Like so. Yeah. Uh, it just it, it doesn't seem like it would digest well. Look, they don't get a lot to eat out there. But he also, <laughs> well, so he's doing well. He's doing too much, I think, in terms of the extra parts of it. Like he's eating the eating the note. He like tries to go to put the thing back in the cage, but and does like this really unnecessary like forward roll. He was feeling out his like spy fantasy with eating the paper and like diving through the bushes and all of that like i get it yes. like so he ba- but he basically plants the fake idol as if it's the real idol in the cage and then t- puts the key away and hides it and hoping somebody will find it um we go we get to that briefly but we get a brief moment of back on the uh the tika tribe of carolyn basically complaining about yam yam snoring in the middle of the night which i thought was funny um, I, they have a fun, and I, yeah, they have a really fun, interesting dynamic. I kind of want to see Carolyn and Yam Yam go a while in this competition. Like, yeah. I feel like they won't turn on each other for the most part. Like, I don't see a realm in which that really happens, but. Yeah. You know. I who, do, I do think, um, Yam Yam might be in danger just because of. He is very Performance charming. in the, well, and he's charming too. He's so charming. But, like, um, performance in the challenges, he does lag behind people a little bit. Yeah. So if they end up in the in tribal again, it could be easy to point at him as a, as a scapegoat. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so back on Soka, they're basically all looking for the key. Danny's participating as well, even though he knows where the key is and all that stuff. In fact, he's even tried, he tries to even push them to where well, he, cause they're so bad weak. at it. They're really, he points out like they are bad at searching for like, they're like, they'll look at a tree, but they won't actually dig in anything. And it's like, like that meme of the old guy doing security yes. where he just like waves his arms next to the person and then passes them on. It's like, guys, bro. come on. Um, but Matt eventually does find the key uh, and gets the idol, the fake idol out of the cage, thinking it's the real one. Um, and Danny, I thought, also played this really well. Of like, He basically like outs Matt to, um, what's the other guy's name? I, we barely saw him until this Josh. Episode. Josh, that's his name. We hadn't seen him at all until this episode, by the way. Yeah, not really. Um, but basically, like he outs that Matt has the, the idol. Also, so not to get into everyone's attractiveness all episode, I've made the conclusion that Danny's hot. And oh, yes. I didn't think so the first episode. I think I was really confused when you. I was on board the whole time. But yeah. You know. I, the beard is different now. I think that's what. She, the beard is a little more rugged because they've been out there for however long they've been. He looks much more attractive now. I, I, I will say that. That's fair. Um, so, and then Matt then has to, then goes and tells Josh about the idol. Um, and, uh, Franny's kind of frustrated that basically, you know, anyone that is of like, you know, the people who don't need to know that he has the idol knows that he has the idol. Um, and then, uh, Danny then goes to tell Heidi about it to basically be like, basically go to the one person he hasn't told to tell her. And so now Matt has 
eyes on him. And Danny's sort of like clear of everything. No one's suspecting he has the real idol. Nobody like thinking anything of it. Like extremely smart moves made by Danny this episode. Like I just, it's really impressive and I hope he makes it far. Yeah. We cut to the Ratu camp and Jamie's eating a worm. That's happening. That's And he's really enthusiastic about it. Honestly, it's, surprising that we haven't gotten a lot of worm eating on survivor before you would think Uh, you'd think i mean it's a great source of protein and when there's not a lot of options out there like yeah and lauren and kane also join her in that we get kind of jamie sort of a jamie set that i i say this with fondness and and sort of happiness in terms of the casting but like there are a lot of fucking weirdos that they've casted this season like and throughout every tribe has like two or three like it's you know it's (laughs) it's very much a well there's just room for everybody yeah just say that (laughs) just say that um and jamie's like barely like plants like she has she basically has like a house plant for the tribe by camp i'm honestly surprised we haven't gotten that before too like i just i would think that that's a very natural thing to do wasn't there somebody who was like really good at like it was like seasons ago like really good at like making furniture and like like basically made like a living room at the like and could you like make like chairs and stuff was like that? Was that on Island of the Idols? Might have been. It was like a, it's a little, I would say it was probably a couple years ago, but not too far off. But either way, like it was giving me that vibe of like, let me actually home decor this, this place. Yeah. Um, and Jamie's talking about how she's bonded with Matthew and they call themselves plant lady and plant, and plant daddy. <laughs> and like, I was like, and I was so like, happy i was like oh my god they're forming like it was a two unlike people forming like this really like interesting bond with each other each other and they're by the watering hole and jamie finds an idol by the watering hole wrapped up like oh my god this is the idol that brandon used that got flushed back into the into the environment i'm so excited like (laughs) you know bonding moment between these two of like we're gonna go to the end like like we both have this idol and but we find out it's a fake idol because matthew already found the real one yep and And planted it and he cut one of the bead strands from one of the uh torches no you're right it was the torches and um cut one of those from the torches and wrapped it up with the note he got for for his idol and hit it and it was like these guys are just they're making moves yeah matthew great move but i part of me was just like oh no don't do jamie like that she's so innocent (laughs) like i mean sure but that's when it's the most fun is when you see like i just i can't wait for someone to play a fake idol we've now got three fake idols out no two well two that are like being held by people who think they're real right so um so it's just it's very fun and i just hope that it happens where we get to see jeff throw it in the fire oh that makes me so happy (laughs) yeah so we go to the uh immunity challenge we you were talking about so they every time someone they go into the immunity challenge jeff does the whole like you know, the tribes getting the first look at the that the at the new uh, whatever. In this case, was the Tika tribe. Helen voted out last tribal council. Like, why is everybody shocked? Everyone's just like mouth agape, and you were like, you don't know this person. Like, like you see this this person during immunity challenges, and that's it. So, like a couple hours once every few days. Yeah. 
So why are you, and there's no interacting. It's you stand on your mat, you do the challenge, then you go back. Like you don't really know this person. So why is there a season after season when the other tribe comes up that just went to tribal? Why is everyone jaws on the floor with who went home? Well, also they do like this wide shot as they're coming in. And I never realized like the two tribes that are in front are in front, but like the, the, the recently went to tribal tribe is not that far back. They just have to turn around and see who who's missing. Really? I mean, maybe they tell them not to, so they get a good reaction. But like also when the track, when the reaction is clearly manufactured, who cares? Yeah. So they go, we, we get to the challenge and they, so again, another sort of obstacle horse, they have to start in the water and they have to push this giant, uh, cube like thing that they have to then climb on to get these keys down. Why did they send Matthew up there? Well, yeah, well, and well, we'll get to it. Uh, I to sort of like lay everything out. There's that, and then you have to basically do the like dig uh, dig sand under to go under this like thing log thing log yeah. thing. And then the final one is that you have these four blocks with different colors on each side, and you have to stack them up with no color matching on each side or whatever. Um. Claire and Heidi sit out for Soka, and it, it gets pointed out that this is Claire's third sit out. Like she has not participated in an immunity challenge. Like Jeff Probst, leave her alone, my God! I know that Jeff has to point stuff out, and that's his stop. Like, but it's just like I get her point later, which is just like if it's the best people for the like challenge, then why the hell you know? And also, it's inherently good strategy, and we were talking about this of like preserving your energy until you get to the individual immunity challenges. Well, and it's not even just preserving your energy. It's also hiding your talents. Yeah. Like you don't want to go into the second half of this competition and everybody know what challenges you're going to be good at and what challenges you're going to fail at. Yeah. If you have any way of obscuring that, do it. Yeah, I agree. You were talking, so they start pushing the giant cube and Matthew has to get the keys for Ratu, which is just like, He's the shortest person on this tribe. Yeah. It, well, and then they eventually have to get to the, like, crawl under thing, and apparently his shoulder Why would Kane not do that? Why would you not send Kane or, or Brandon. Brandon, who are both super tall, up onto... I don't get it. But, yeah. you know, that's just me. But his shoulders uh, starts acting up when they're trying to do the crawl through, and it's like, maybe he's, like, re-injuring like, it from the dislocation and all that, so... It sounded like he was calling for a stop. Is that just me? Like it, he was really loud and seemed to project that towards Jeff. Maybe I think I, it, they didn't seem to stop. So I'm I wonder if he just like you know. I think maybe he was trying to get Jeff's attention and then like realized that it wasn't a big deal, so he left it alone. Um, but it it was scary, a scary moment because I mean, obviously we both really like him, not just because he's incredibly cute, but because. Like, he's a good competitor. He's smart. Like, I really enjoy him on the show. So I would hate to see yet another person with amazing potential go home due to injury. Yeah. Um, so Ratu ends up finishing first, though. So they, they get the win there still. And then Soka and Tika, like, just copying off of the puzzle, which, I mean, smart move at the end of the day. But also, this is why a lot of a lot of people start shoving over their their towers and start messing up their puzzle after they win. Yeah. Because 
I'm I'm not doing this for you. Earn it. Yeah. We earned it. You earn it. If that and that's been like in comp and like competition shows similar to that that I've watched like over the years. It's like a big if like if this is like a r- sort of race sort of thing and you have your puzzle built like knock over your puzzle when it's done. Like right. If the other teams weren't smart enough to be keeping an eye out while the other teams are seemingly getting close. Yeah. Then they missed their chance. Um, but uh, Tika ends up finishing second, which is big for them. And then that means that Soka has to go to Tribal for the first time, um, which, you know, they have not really... They're the ones that haven't really had to deal with anything, even like Metavacs or anything. So first time in Tribal. And Matt doesn't have his vote because he went to the island and did that whole stuff. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, so he's basically out of the running to sort of be, get a vote. Um, Danny says that um, basically wants to get Claire out because of the sit-outs and stuff like that, and he's pointing that element out, which I think, you know, is kind of where he has to sort of target things. Um, I think, you know, and, and he goes to basically tell Claire that it's actually Matt that they're going to gun for, the, but with basically capitalize off the fact that he has no vote and the fact that he's close with Franny. Um my I Claire, I thought I thought Claire was really smart the first couple episodes, but there's also like she at one point like is telling Franny that they should go for Matt. And I'm like, why are you telling Franny when you know they're yeah. close? And and Franny, even in that moment, like tries to basically talk it isn't like you would think would just immediately turn on her in that moment, but basically she's she wants them to stay and they and to take out Josh, which like okay. It's like what has Josh done this season? Like it felt like I like I, said, I forgot his name until this actual episode because he was pretty much non-existent in that regard. But there, she basically wanted anyone other than Matt or Claire, so that's who she was going to try for. Um, and then Matt tells Claire that Josh and Danny are sort of gunning for her. Um, and and again, like even Claire in her confessional is just like, I'm more worried about Josh than Danny at the end of the day. Which like hindsight 2020, I guess. But like Danny's kind of running the show, like. You know, again, what has Josh done? I, I don't know enough. About, like, I feel like I'm negatively critiquing this person, but it's just like I. But I mean, it's I it's mean, less about critiquing the person and more about critiquing how they've been produced on the show because it's not like they have any control over that. Yeah, uh, and then basically Heidi then becomes essentially like the seemingly the swing vote from right. what we can see of like. Claire has to sort of get Heidi over to like vote for Josh and Heidi's kind of pulled in two different directions and is very honest about like, you know, I don't know which way I'm going to go on this. Right. Um, then they go to tribal. Um, I think Claire tried to put in a good effort. I, I mean, we'll with how it ended up. It seemed as though Claire like kind of had, it was sort of written on the walls in many ways. She tried to make a good argument at tribal about like the definition of tribe strength and like what it actually means in terms of, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean strength and challenges and like physical ability and stuff like that. And even I think Franny acknowledged like it doesn't just because you sit out doesn't mean, and doesn't necessarily mean that we think you're not a competitor or couldn't do good in challenges. Like it, that's my thing. It wasn't like she was like this weakling that like they had to sit out. It was like they chose to sit her out based off of an idea that the strongest people should have been in the challenge. Like, and she's gonna, she's kind of getting punished for that in a weird way, which I found kind of annoying. Um, but we go to the vote. Claire question. Didn't, who was it that did the shot in the dark? That was Claire. Oh, okay. okay. That, yeah. So Claire plays her shot in the dark because she's, 
essentially is just like, I, this is the only way I'm staying, I think, at the end of the day, which is frustrating because it's like, part of me doesn't, I mean, part of me makes it frustrated as to why we have shot in the dark at the end of the day because it also puts us in in places where you're going to get more of these scenarios where everyone's getting for one person. It's like, well, what do I do other than get... But you're giving up your vote. I just feel like that's, like, the worst way to sort of, like, you know... I guess I guess this was the scenario to do it because seemingly Claire had no hope of staying. Like, because to me, if there was any chance you could flip Heidi or flip anybody else on the tribe, I don't see playing your shot in the dark and getting rid of your vote because that's just taking down a number in terms of your vote at the end of the day. I think, you know, shot in the dark, they've because, tried it, but, yeah. like... I, I think... I think shot in the dark works if you have the the larger tribes. Because the way it is now, like, if it had been two and two, right. her vote would have sent the other person home. Yeah, exactly. So, like, but in a larger tribe, I think you can risk sacrificing your vote and it's not going to change the, the 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 person that goes home as much. It's an it's an easier risk to take. I don't know. I maybe it shouldn't be that easy of a risk to take, and it should be that big of a consequence if it happens. But like, I don't see why it should risk us going to rocks. Yeah. I also just don't like with, like, sort of this newer survival, like, the overabundance of the ability for people to give up their votes, like, at a tribal. Yeah. I just think, like, you should, unless it's a particular circumstance, like, a sp- like once, once a season or, like, some, like, happenstance, like, failure, you should lose your vote at a tribal. For the most part, you should have your vote. That, right. to me, is a core part of the show. To where it's like you shouldn't be playing willy nilly with it, yeah. And that, I think again, like the fact that Ju, um, what's her name from? Um, I keep wanting to call her Julia. Her name is not Julia. Is it Julia from Ratu? No, Jamie. Jamie. It's a J name, and she spells it weird. So give me a pass on that. Um, but like the fact that she was the first person to successfully use the shot in the dark. Yeah. Like, and it's been around for But not even four successfully seasons. because she wasn't targeted. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? I just feel like you don't need to overcomplicate things this much. And yeah. I understand trying things, but like when they don't really work. Yeah. I think pivot. this is, I think they introduced it in 39. Maybe. Was, I thought it was the COVID era that they kind of like, they, they were like. Oh, it, it might have been. So this is four seasons. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, four three, seasons. Three, because 40 was winners. Yeah, but 40, this is 44. Oh, right. One, two, three, four. Duh, Math duh, is Merlin. fun. Duh. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, but speaking of math, Claire goes home. <laughs> <laughs> because wah, wah. when you have five votes and you subtract one vote and then you add two votes and three votes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a unanimous vote. Um, she ends up going home. I, I also the, again this worrying like this is the third woman voted out straight. Yep. 
The only guy that's been eliminated from this season has been oh. medevaced. Yep. <laughs> so, and that was even at the end of the day ended up being unnecessary. Yeah, and it like every season this seems to be happening where it's like they just and and again they'll probably be another tribal where they eventually they acknowledge it and, and have a discussion about it but like what's going to change yeah you know at the end of the day i mean and, uh, there's no way to fix it but like you know it's just it's society at the end of the day yeah um but yeah sad to see claire go home i thought she had really good potential um but yeah we're we're uh i, I like i said Good season. I think this the characters are really driving this season in terms of everything that's that's being produced. I agree, and I, I think that um, having the having this sort of dynamic is really good. Um, I I don't know. I kind of have like a vision for a larger survivor, and like I kind of want them to do larger scale stuff i don't know like maybe have a giant like 40 person cast and every week Mm. we go back and forth between the two different sections and then neither of them know about the other and then we get to the merge and (gasps) it's not an actual merge it's only we've started the actual season of 20 people of survivor 100 day survivor uh, right it's just like ah yeah like i don't know it it could be cool and it would be a really fun twist and if they're gonna like i would to that point i think like don't go for like the really small like adding these new advantages like go for something big like that like do something a little more like cutting edge in or, that regard. or even if they do the twist on everybody and like the first like so many episodes we're only seeing one half of the show and then they get to the merge and and then they announce the other half we go see the first half of that and watch it on paramount plus well we see the first half of that one and then we get back to the middle where everyone meets and that's when it starts from there i don't know you could do something interesting with that doesn't necessarily have to be a giant 40 person cast but like i i don't know i think like like you said, let's get past these shitty little frustrating um, twists and let's throw something big in there like this. Yeah. Let's throw something in where the castaways think it's a small cast and it turns out to be twice as big as they thought it was. Or it turns out that, you know, something nefarious is happening in the background that nobody knew about and you find out it merge. Like, throw something huge in there that, like, completely breaks the way that the, we thought the game worked because also i mean the preview for next episode it's like there's a there's an x in the cages now and now and there's a boat coming to it's like i like we don't need more of this like just like like it, it doesn't need to be that complicated at the end of the day like yeah. you know give them things that like the the cage thing was good because it gave them something to do and like danny executed it in the way that like it was supposed to be executed and like and it is it could lead to a really fun result because now we have two people with mis- with fake idols like that's you you set those chess pieces no pun intended chess piece in the tribal council um i get it but like you don't need to keep giving them more tools and then hoping that they do something with it. Cause you're just going to get diminishing returns. Right. So that's my frustration. I think they can fix some things, but overall I'm still enjoying myself much more than last season. Or where they do eliminations where people like 
like they do on Trader, where they just show up and someone's not there. Okay. You know, where they, you know, votes aren't read aloud. Where what if we just do Traders on an island? You know, something. <laughs> I don't know. Just like switch up the very fabric of the game, the thing that has been constant for 40 years. Get rid of something. Yeah. Change it drastically where people aren't walking onto the island knowing exactly what's going to happen. And sure, there might be little tweaks and things here and there, but it's basically the same game that it's been for the last 22 years. And like, I, I don't get why we haven't gone to that drastic level of fuckery. Right. Like, I want people to be absolutely shaken to their core when they walk onto the island and figure out what's happening. Like, that to me is a, that's an exciting, invigorating game. I had heard something about that their contract with Fiji might be ending sometime soon. I thought they soon. owned that island, though. No, I think it's, but it's on like a, it's on a contractual, like, year-by-year basis. Mm. So if that ends, maybe they would have to go someplace else, and maybe they could go a little more, like, bolder in the area. Like, go back to the earlier seasons where you would do, like, an Africa season or a China season or, a, like, something of that regard. Like, yeah. Yeah. Give, give us something different. All righty, everybody. It's time for tops and bottoms of this episode uh, when it comes to Drag Race and Survivor for this week. What are you thinking, babe? Uh, tops for this. I mean, top for me is Anitra and Marsha for that lip sync. Like, that mm-hmm. obviously, like, killer lip sync. So good. Uh, top-notch stuff ingrained in my gay mind for, for years to come. Um, I tweeted something uh, when it happened to the effect of, like, imagine looking at that and wanting to legislate against that instead of just having a good fucking time watching it. Like, it's... Yeah, I just... Uh. Yeah. We, we won't get too deep, but it's just, like, God, like, if people could just, like, fucking, like, have fun with this shit, because it's so fucking fun. Being gay is fun. Yeah. Being gay is so fun. Um, but <laughs> Though, again, this is not a visual medium. <laughs> you know what I did. If you, you, you know what hand motion I made at home. Um, but uh, my bottom for this week is going to go to MTV forever giving us 60-minute episodes instead of 90-minute episodes. Because uh, I did not know I... Mi- I mean, I got complacent. And then I, I was like, no, this is Drag Race. This is actual like story development. This is actual... like connection with characters this is actual like felt so good yeah it 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 was like it was like you know you never know when you like go on a vacation but you enjoy the vacation like the vacation's nice but then you step back in your home for the first time and it's like like yes like this like it's like we're back to where we should be a weird metaphor i just made but that's okay um that's my feeling about that like it was like thank god we're back what about you babe so um Top for the week is going to be a dual win. Um, for me, it is um, Matthew and Danny from Survivor this week. I felt like both of them performed very well um, in their switcheroo with fake idols. And it's been a while since we've seen a fake idol get um, doled out successfully. And done so well because both of them made sure to keep the documentation Mm -hmm. with the fake idol they got a real idol out of it um like danny specifically even executed the twist you know of the cage thing in the way that it was meant to be done which just is more of a uh 
knock against the horrible twists that we've had because they haven't been executed the way that they were intended in so long. And this one actually went off the way it was supposed to in one of the three situations. Yeah. Um, so I thought both of them really played the game masterfully this week. I just, it was beautiful. It was good to see. And it was fun to watch because they're pretty. Um, and for the bottom this week, um, I'm having to get nitpicky. And this has absolutely nothing to do with me feeling hateful towards this person because I actually love their performance. But this week just didn't hit it for me. And that's Mistress. Mm. Like, I felt like it was not to her normal level. Um, I will say that my friend that was in the audience there said that Mistress's makeup looks even better in person. Mm -hmm. And bitch looks airbrushed. <laughs> like, so she beats her face amazingly well. Never going to take away from her for that. But I just felt like both her performance in the maxi challenge and her look on the runway were just not up to her normal par. Um, and that was disappointing for me. So I think we, we all expect more out of her than she gave us this week. Right. Um, and that's, that's just my opinion. That's my opinion. Okay, Tamara. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of a gay and his envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. <laughs> <laughs>